You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us today. My name is Ken Swanson. This is the AP Laboratory. It is a game preview edition getting you ready for Chiefs Bears on Sunday night football. Quite the primetime game. Here to help me talk about that game. My dear pals, first find him on Twitter at Chief in Carolina. Maddie, the excitement is palpable for this big Sunday night football matchup. Maybe it's just me, Kent, but I'll tell you what, I'm not going to lie to everybody. I'm ready for the playoffs. Regular, I'm done with regular season football. <laughs> I'm just ready for us to get into the playoffs. We know what the Chiefs are. It's fun to see them, you know, get better every week right now. It's fun to see them change to a defensive first team. It's nice to watch. It's something new <laughs> that we haven't seen in the last couple of years. I'm ready to watch them play a quality team, a good team, a team that doesn't belong in the cellar. And unfortunately, we're not getting that this week, right, Greg? That's that's correct. We have Chiefs, Bears, Battlestar Galactica. Let's get <laughs> on we, this. Let's how long were you this. working on that one? How long uh, were you working on that one? Well, the, let's see. The first time that you recorded the intro and we had to start over, like I <sighs> almost dropped it in there, Kent, but I... I Oh, wait, sorry. That's a little behind the curtain. A little behind the scenes. <laughs> I just, Maddie did an impression right before we went on live. Oh, it was wonderful. It, it was, was wonderful. good. We can't even tell you what it is, though. Like, that's, it's, you know. Anyways, let's just go ahead and just bypass that and talk about three storylines on the offensive side of the football. Uh, first, I think we got to talk about, uh, there was a lot to like about the offensive performance of the Kansas City Chiefs last week. Uh, aside from the red zone offense, there was some still some hiccups there. But I thought I think you you kind of started to feel a little bit encouraged by what you saw. The offense was playing with a little bit more rhythm, a little bit more explosiveness. They were finding and hitting some of those plays down the field. Patrick Mahomes looked as good as he has all year. Uh, looked unfazed by uh, a, a a downpouring of snow. It was a lot of fun. But do we think we, we do we think this team can can, can keep it up, Maddie, offensively? If they want to win a Super Bowl, yeah, they're going to have to. I know the Bears have a pretty good defense, but so did the Broncos. The Broncos still had a very high-functioning defense this year. It was in the snow, which technically does help the offense more than the defense, but the offense still looked good. It looked sharp. It looked like they had an identity again. They knew what they were doing. So this is a week you would like to see the Chiefs build on that. We've kind of talked about it in the years past. You see it every year with a team that gets hot heading into the playoffs the Chiefs defense has got that. The Chiefs defense is playing amazing lately. You want to see the offense pick up where they left off. They had the first half versus New England, and it kind of sputtered out with the hand injury and milking the lead. You had the Denver game. There were some issues there, but they looked pretty good. Now you want to see them build on that in this Bears game, maybe hit a few more downfield shots. We really only hit the one really big one to Tyreek Hill to start the game. You get a couple dynamic big vertical shots. This offense looks like it's back to normal again. Yeah, uh, I do think that they're not going to be as wide open this week as we've seen them. Uh, Bummer. The, 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 yeah, that, that was kind of fun to watch just Travis Kelsey running wide open through the middle of the field up the seam. 
The Bears defense is very good. It's going to be a situation where the Chiefs are going to have to play better. They're going to have to play like they did against Denver, but they're going to have to beat some good coverage players. They're going to have to beat some good pass rushers. They're just going to have to up their game a little bit more. I think there's reason to believe that uh, the offense has been fixed if they come out and they have a good performance this week because this is a really, really talented defense. If they can beat up on it, even though they're out of the playoffs and they really don't have anything to play for, if they can beat up on it a little bit, there's reason to believe that maybe the offense has turned the corner and is good again. Yeah, and the offense can't rest on their laurels here. Like I think that's the important thing here. They got to keep building. They've got to keep growing and developing in these next couple of weeks, getting ready for the home stretch. They can't have any slip-ups anymore. They have a golden opportunity if the New England Patriots lose to the Buffalo Bills, fingers crossed, mm-hmm. to get a bye week. So they can't, they've got to continue to play with some kind of focus and intensity. Uh, the secondary for the Chicago Bears, Maddie, you think they're kind of underperforming a little bit. Yeah, especially the cornerbacks. I know Kyle Fuller is a really good football player. Prince Amukamara has been solid throughout his career. And I think even Buster Screen has had some moments. But when you watch the Bears right now, these guys are obviously have talent, but they just they're losing too often to wide receivers. I think they're being put in a lot of positions to cover in more one-on-one matchups, a little bit less zone or pure kind of spot drop zone. They're being asked to run with guys vertically and horizontally little bit more match a little bit more man and I think you've seen some teams been able to take advantage of them good wide receiver groups have given them a lot of trouble I think Kyle Fuller's actually towards the bottom of the league in terms of yards given up per coverage snap so he has not been near the lockdown corner he had been last year I think he's still very opportunistic but you can get yards on him Prince of Mukamar has been beat up the last couple games I think there is a chance to take advantage of these guys especially if you go vertically because the Bears unlike years past They've been playing a lot of single high safety sets, and that just leaves a lot of vertical room. If you're the team like the Chiefs and you can slow down Khalil Mack, you're going to have time to hit these guys deep down the field. Yeah, Kyle Fuller, and Matt hit it on the head. Kyle Fuller hasn't been as good as you know we kind of saw him be. That, that, that level of play left with Vic Fangio to Denver. So Kyle Fuller has been beat a little bit more than than you would expect. I will say that that safety tandem, Maddie talked about it earlier this week, HaHa Clinton Dix and Eddie Jackson have both been playing very, very well. So even the corners not playing quite up to speed, the safety play has been phenomenal. I expect them to really be able to, even though they're going to play a lot more single high, I expect that they're going to be able to still impact the game. Trav, or Patrick Mahomes is going to have to keep his eyes out. We saw Justin Simmons make a phenomenal play on him this weekend. Phenomenal. Phenomenal play on him. This is kind of the level of safety play that you've you've seen out of those types of guys. So another good test for Mahomes in the center of the field. Uh, one thing to keep an eye on with the Bears secondary, Prince Amukamara, limited participation on Thursday. We'll see what his status is for Friday. But what's interesting is he was off the injury report on Wednesday, back on it on Thursday. So it's kind of trending in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, so something definitely to monitor there. Uh, I, I think another you know, story we got to kind of talk about because things might be getting a little bit murkier here, the running back rotation. Uh, it, it's it's getting a little bit more murky. The Chiefs obviously brought in Spencer Ware in Damian Williams' absence, but 
Uh, Damian Williams is trending towards playing. He's he's been a limited participant in two straight games or two straight practices, sorry. And he's entering a room that's kind of had a murky situation as it is with Spencer Ware starting to kind of take a little bit of that role, uh, take some of those snaps. Uh, you know, Darwin Thompson getting an uptick, and obviously LaShawn McCoy is there for like you know three series a game. Uh, Maddie, what's your take on this running back rotation right now? What do you think it looks like this week? This running back room is one more LaShawn McCoy miss pass protection assignment, fumble, one more Darwin Thompson dumb penalty away from being Spencer Ware's job. I think this is a very thin line between Spencer Ware becoming your number one feature back. I think he's already playing the most snaps at running back. That's because they trust him in pass protection. They trust him as a receiver. And while he's not a super dynamic runner at this point in his career, he's reliable. I think they like the fact that he does a little bit of everything. And like I said, I think you're towing the line on making him that guy that's going to get 60 plus percent of your carries, your snaps every single week. And I think the Chiefs might want that. I think they're kind of tired of cycling in so heavily. I think they're tired of giving McCoy most of the work to start the game and then pulling him out, cycling in a bunch of different guys. So, I mean, we're going to see how it plays out. But Spencer Ware, I would not be surprised to see him keep getting more and more reps, even if he's not doing having a ton of production out of it. Spencer Ware did lead the Chiefs in snap count. Darwin Thompson was second with 24. So Spencer Ware, 27. Darwin Thompson, 24. LaShawn McCoy down to 17, Craig. I I think that one of the Chiefs inactives is going to come from this group. I don't see Absolutely. I don't see that there's a way that they're going to carry all four of these guys on the active roster this week. So that just begs the question. We're going to find out a lot about this. Right now it looks like LaShawn McCoy might be the odd man out. Like they already have him on a pitch count supposedly. They're, you know, this load management situation What's a better load management than not playing this week? Uh, yeah. We'll see. They might decide that Damian Williams needs another week off. It's just going to be very curious to see because when he comes back, they obviously trust Spencer Ware to in pass protection. They want to get Darwin Thompson some more looks. They keep feeding him the rock, particularly here at the end of the year when these games aren't as important, don't matter quite as much, and so they're trying to get him as many live game reps as possible. He makes so much sense to keep active, so I do think that it's going to be either McCoy or Damian Williams that sits on the bench this week. Well, and and LaShawn McCoy isn't a special teamer either, so that's something to keep an eye on. Quick quick LaShawn McCoy stat. He averaged five... I I looked this up the other day. He averaged 5.25 yards per carry in September and October. Since then... 3.22 yards per carry so his productivity has gone down this seems like a great week to to use the load management excuse on LaShawn McCoy I agree players to watch Craig Tyreek Hill this week for me Tyreek it could potentially draw Kyle Fuller for most of the game I don't know if Fuller's going to follow him around or if they'll just opt to try and bracket him with a lesser cornerback and keep some safety help over the top but Tyreek Hill had a kind of quiet game against Chris Harris. He, I would say that Tyreek, I mean, as quiet as you can be for two touchdowns, right. he, he didn't really get loose as much as we've seen him get loose against the Broncos, kind of put mm-hmm. up high target volume and high numbers and everything like that. I am curious to see if they try and get him a little more involved this week and try and get him deep a little bit more than we saw against Denver. 
Yeah, outside of that 41-yard touchdown, four catches for 26 yards for a Tyreek Hill. Yeah, so, that's a very un-Tyreek uh, stat yeah. line right there. Yeah. Right. Uh, for me, it's his running mate, Sammy Watkins. And I think there's just been a thing this whole, there's, there's been a thing this whole year where, um, you know, Sammy Watkins has been the – he's drawn the ire of Chiefs fans a lot. And I think right, rightfully so because of his injuries and, you know, the price tag. And, you know, he's due $21 million next year. But, like, I, I think – I think some of I think like when he's on the field, it's grossly exaggerated how his how his, his quality of play has been because he still shows spurts of explosiveness at times. He still shows that he's able to to get separation uh, and do some good things on the field. So it's kind of like this weird dynamic I think with him, where Chiefs fans have just completely written him off, but they shouldn't completely write him off. There's still there's still some things to like there. It's just maybe not to the level of consistency you hoped, and it's definitely not worth twenty one million dollars next year. But it's not like he's just. I mean, he's still their second best receiver. Uh, Maddie, who are you watching? I, mean, I think wide receivers are a good position to watch. We talked about the Bears secondary struggling a little bit earlier. Kyle Fuller averaging over eight yards per target against him, over fifty percent completions. Prince Mukamura, even if he plays, same thing. Over eight yards per target, over 50% completion. It's the their best one's been Buster Screen, who's still sitting at six and a half yards. Again, over 50% completion when you target it. So when you throw at their cornerbacks, your receivers make plays. Now, how do you throw at their cornerbacks? You don't get sacked. So, Eric Fisher, <laughs> you're up. Khalil Mack has literally stolen your soul out of your body, opened it up in front of you, and then eaten it multiple times in his career. Khalil Mack's having a down year. Can you please stop him from doing that again? Let Patrick Mahomes have a couple seconds to target these cornerbacks who have been playing relatively poorly compared to what everybody thought they were going to be going into the year. Give him a chance to let Tyree kill Sammy Watkins make these plays. Eric Fisher, I'm sure, is going to see a ton of Khalil Mack. Why wouldn't they put him over there? And he's got to be able to stop him or slow him down at the very least. We're going to take a break. And we will be back right after this. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. All right, time to talk about the defensive side of the football for Chiefs Bears on Sunday night football. It is the Matt Nagy game. The Chiefs finally play Matt Nagy, former Chiefs offensive coordinator, uh, for the first time in the regular season. They played in the preseason. And that was one of the first signs that we realized that this defense was going to be cheeks. And we all kind of said, hey, you know, it's just the preseason. It's whatever. Nope. They were bad the entire year last year. Uh, but I, it's going to be interesting to see Matt Nagy uh, this week. And I wonder how, how similar it's going to look to what we've seen, you know, maybe in the past, Craig. Frankly, uh, this offense has not looked great. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky has been bad, but we kind of knew that he was bad. It, it, the more you turn it on, 
the more or the less creativity you see out of this offense. They're not trying to get creative to put guys into space very often. They seem to be running similar play concepts over and over and over again. And to try and kind of help with that and help with some of the pre-snap stuff, Nagy has been calling in the plays all the way up to the very last moment. So, you know, they've they've left the offense standing out there and they've let the defense come out, try and see what they've got, and then try and call down a play to, you know, to the offense and then shift and check to that on the field. It's resulted in a lot of hurried snaps because they're up against the play clock, but it has found a little bit more success. Trubisky's been over 300 yards for two out of the last three weeks. That's a major accomplishment for him, but he's not fixed. I think that they've got to really force Nagy to move away from that. You know, Spagnuolo showing some late looks, things like that. Try and force him to go back to a more traditional play calling technique so that Spagnuolo can substitute and get the personnel that he wants on the field rather than them running a kind of simulated hurry up while they uh, call in the plays from the booth. I think Matt Nagy's got a difficult job. I think it's pretty evident that he does not trust Mitchell Trubisky to go out there and do everything he possibly wants to. And I think it's pretty evident that Mitchell Trubisky knows that and it bothers him. Like it makes him uncomfortable. It (laughs) makes him feel inadequate, but you can't really blame Nagy because Mitchell Trubisky has been a train wreck more often than he hasn't been in the NFL. So it's just this weird situation. You can see Matt Nagy's brain turning. You can see his concept. You can see him thinking about what he can do, but you also see him pulling back. You see him holding back the offense on purpose because he's trying not to put too much into Trubisky's hands. I think this might be a week where he really lets it go and he just lets Trubisky sink or swim. I think he would love to get a show Andy Reid like, hey, I'm another one of your protégés that's gone on to figure it out. So he might just take off the gloves and just let Trubisky try to fly. And if that's the case, I feel like the Chiefs should be looking pretty good. If you're going to put that much pressure, if you're going to make Mitchell Trubisky beat you, if you're going to run the full Matt Nagy offense that we saw them try to run a little bit at times to start the year, I feel pretty good about the Chiefs' chances to shut them down. I've noticed some of the simple basic staples, you know, that they've kind of they kind of use with Alex Smith a little bit to, you know, the things that he was good at and like, you know, try to, you know, appease, you know, Alex with some of the short passing game. Like the RPOs, I've noticed a couple times this season, the Bears run a lot of those bubble RPOs mm-hmm. where, you know, they're they're throwing that bunch and 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 they're trying to give Trubisky easy throws just giving them simple, easy throws. So they're running those little bar- bubble RPOs. And obviously with, with with Mahomes, the Chiefs have stretched those you know, with the slants and stuff and try to be a little more aggressive with them. The, the RPO game looks a lot more like what you saw with Alex Smith with, with Mitchell Trubisky. And I think it's 100% just try to protect him. And that's what Matt Nagy's trying to do. Uh, speaking of Trubisky, you want to pressure this guy, Matt, or Craig. Yeah, uh, and you don't have to try very hard, honestly. This offensive line is not good. Uh, Kenny Clark absolutely destroyed it last week for Green Bay. The Super Smith brothers were able to crush the pocket and would have had more sacks if Kenny Clark wasn't constantly forcing Trubisky out of the pocket. I think that the Chiefs can lean on a four-man rush this week and kind of clog the secondary a little bit more. I don't think that they're going to have to try that hard to pressure Mitchell Trubisky. And, you know, he's 
decent with his legs. He can kind of get himself out of some of those situations just fine. But with Suggs here now, Frank Clark feeling a little bit better, and Chris Jones coming up the middle, he's not going to have a ton of places to go with the per- with the ball even against a four-man rush. So I would expect that the Chiefs are going to be able to convert a lot of their four-man rushes into good pressure on Trubisky, and you know then it all falls apart around him because he panics and loses his mind. Last week, guys, there was a third and four from the opposition's 32-yard line. He was pressured out of the pocket, ran to the sidelines, and rather than throwing it away, he stepped out of bounds lost two yards, they went for it on fourth down and had to run deeper route concepts because it was then fourth and six, and they didn't get it because of that. Mitchell Trubisky makes bad decisions when you pressure him. I think the Chiefs can do it with four this week. They should be able to. I think this Bears offensive line has not played good. They've had some injuries, sure. I don't think Mitchell Trubisky helps them out a ton, sure, but they just have not been playing well in individual matchups. If you ever wanted a good homecoming for Terrell Suggs, not homecoming, but first game for Terrell Suggs, this is it. If you want to see Frank Clark have another good game where he gets off, and granted, we've had a few of those in a row now, even without the sack production numbers, this is another good one. Now, I think one issue you're going to run into is just, Trubisky is pretty squirrely in the pocket. He is not the easiest guy to bring down. They might not get to finish as many sacks as we would like to see, but I think they could really put pressure on him. Craig already talked about Chris Jones probably coming up the middle, creating a lot of havoc. I just think you're going to have a lot of guys coming through here that's going to be make Trubisky move, make him run around, and it should come pretty fairly easy for most of the time. You just don't let him beat you with your with his legs, though. Mm-hmm. Like I think that's one of the things. Don't let him extend drives with his legs. you got to be mindful of that, too. Uh, okay. The weapons on this offense. It's Tariq Cohen. Allen Robinson, Anthony Miller, Maddie's guy. Good group. Funny you mentioned Mitchell Trubisky's legs. The weapon I am most scared of is Mitchell Trubisky's legs. <laughs> so this is a good jumping off point. I think Trubisky's going to be forced to move and be forced to move often. I think that Matt Nagy is going to have a pretty good idea that Andy Reid knows the majority of his offense. One way you can counter that is you can let Trubisky run. You can put him into situations where you move the pocket, you coming off these RPOs where he can read a defensive end. Trubisky's a very good athlete. He can really hurt you on the ground. He's at his best when his first read, maybe two aren't open if he just ducks his head and takes off. That sounds eerily like Alex Smith. Uh, so he can really hurt you in those exact same ways. That's the guy I'm most afraid of. I'm afraid of Mitchell Trubisky going Ryan Tannehill and having 80 rushing yards against the Chiefs. As much as I like Allen Robinson, as much as I like Anthony Miller, I just have a lot less faith that Mitchell Trubisky can throw enough good passes their way to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. And that's the key. It's the good passes part of that because they get volume. Allen Robinson has 130 and targets already this year. Yeah, and Anthony and Anthony Miller's coming on strong. Yes, too, he and is, and he's got another 80 targets this year. Tariq Cohen has 90 targets. That's the that's the offense is throwing to these three guys. Allen Robinson and Anthony Miller are dangerous receivers. They really, really are dangerous receivers. Allen Robinson is playing like he did in his excellent year in Jacksonville. He is winning at the catch point. He's creating separation in the secondary. And Anthony Miller has been dynamic back there as well. Tariq Cohen, though, has not. Now, it doesn't mean that he won't be, but he has not. He's been targeted 90 times. 
guys, he doesn't have over 400 yards receiving. He's He's not been particularly good because the way that they're using him, like Kent said, a lot of these bubbles, they they like to use him and David Montgomery, their other running back, on the field together and put Cohen out as a receiver, run a bubble. Teams are just crashing on that every time. He's not able to create anything. Lots of negative plays with him because of that. But he's still a dangerous receiver with, you know, dangerous player with the ball in his hands. These three, if they got loose, could really create some damage and you know it's a bad offense but those three are very good players this is definitely a situation where the sum of the part or you know the total is less than the sum of the parts here's what worries me about those three last last week against the packers they had 300 yards receiving between the three of them Mm -hmm. 125 from Allen robinson 118 from anthony miller 57 from uh cohen i i you still got to respect him i mean last year Tariq Cohen had 725 yards receiving on 91 catches for 10 yards per catch. Trubisky has just, he is. He's got five, neut- 5.8 yards per catch this yeah, year. He's it's awful. neutering. Yeah. He's ne- Trubisky's kind of neutering him. He's got the, Tariq Cohen's got the same number of targets that he had l- this, last year and half the yards. Mm-hmm. It's wild. But those three, you still got to respect, and specifically Allen Robinson, he can he can erase a bad throw. Like that's that's something that really stresses me out with him. Like he's he's going to be a tough challenge for a guy like Charvarius Ward. Okay, players to watch. Uh, Craig starts off. It's Chris Jones. I, I think this will be the Chris Jones show this week. Kenny Clark is a hell of a player for Green Bay. He he doesn't get enough run alongside some of these elite defensive linemen on the interior as far as his you know ability to wreck a game. He is much closer to Chris Jones than people realize. He absolutely ruined the Bears' offensive line last week. I expect that Steve Spagnuolo was watching the way that he did it through swims, through an ability to knife through, make himself skinny, and get into the backfield. They could not handle his speed and agility. I expect Chris Jones to be able to absolutely dominate the interior offensive line this week and really have an excellent game. So we kind of talked about the receiving options. We talked about Tariq Cohen being split out. I have full faith that Tyron Matthew can go out there and shut down Tariq Cohen or any of these other receivers in the slot like he has been lately. So I won't bore everybody by talking about him for the fourth week in a row. He is your in the defensive player of the year candidate running. Don't forget about him. But we're going to talk Bashad Breeland. I think Bashad Breeland has had a good couple weeks here. He's making some plays. He's still giving up a few plays, mm-hmm. still having a few penalties. But he's making plays right now. It's the ebb and flow of the Chiefs' outside quarterback position has been fun because it started with Breeland playing good. Then Ward started stepping up. Now, the last few games, Ward's given up a few more big plays. Breland's making plays again. So just kind of watching them trade back and forth. They're going to get targeted. We talked about it already. Out Robinson, Miller, they're getting targets. It's going to be against Breland. It's going to be against Ward. Someone's got to make a play. I feel pretty good about Breland's chance to make a couple good plays on the ball because he actually has ball skills, and he's been doing it lately. So I want to see it happen. Let's see him shut down Allen Robinson at the catch point, keep up with Anthony Miller down the field. Uh, I was going to make a sizzle sound, but I have I've gone against sizzle it. We have enough sound. people who think we have enough. Oh, no, no, we have <laughs> enough people who think that our transitions between segments are a toilet flushing, and not beakers uh, and Bunsen burners. So Pete, drop one in. It. Pete, drop one in. 
Yeah, here, hold on. Let's just wait for Pete to let's Pete, please please give us a sizzle for, you know, five seconds here. Oh, do we have to wait for five seconds? Well, we were gonna try, but well, you well, I, no, no, no. Uh, I, I can't do that. Terrell Suggs. I think we're all excited to see Terrell Suggs. I mean, I, I don't know why you wouldn't be. This is a guy that the Chiefs are lucky to be able to pick up somebody like this this late in the season. He's a veteran presence. He's a guy I'm sure uh, is going to be excellent for that locker room, and I think he's still got some pass rush juice. It'd be nice to see him uh, provide a little production this week because uh, it, it could be a nice little jolt towards the end of the season. All right, let's go to the predictions, Craig. I I got this one as an easy Chiefs victory. The, the Bears' offense is not good. The Chiefs' defense is playing better. The Bears' defense is good, and I think could limit the Chiefs' offense a little bit, but I do think that they're going to be able to click, take advantage of the cornerbacks a little bit. I got the Chiefs winning this one 24-6. I, too, have this as an easy Chiefs win. I think there's a good chance that the Bears come out and play pretty hard, but as the game gets difficult, as it's not coming super easy to them because they have Mitchell Trubisky, because their cornerbacks are vulnerable and they're playing the Chiefs, there might be a little bit of quit in them around halftime when the game's not super close. They're not fighting for a playoff spot. Like what they're trying to beat the Kansas City Chiefs just because it's football, that might not be enough to keep playing as hard as you can when you're playing up against a top touch team like the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs find success through the air. I think they shut down Mitchell Trubisky for most of the game. I got the Chiefs 27, Bears 13. I don't think it's going to be a close game, but I think the score will look like it's close-ish. I got 27-20 Kansas City Chiefs. I think the Bears score first in this football game. I think they have a good opening script. I think as the game wears on, Mitchell Trubisky turns into Mitchell Trubisky. I think the Chiefs are up 27-13 late in the game, and they get a, and Matt uh, Nagy uh, dials up enough to get him a garbage time touchdown, and Andy's cool with that because you know Andy's trying to make his guy look good. Uh, Is it Trubisky or Chase? It's Trubisky, but it's fun debate. Uh, <laughs> that's going to do it for the game preview edition of the Arrowhead Pride Laboratory. We will be back to react to Chiefs Bears later next week. Sizzle.